I don't we know how to change live. backgrounds on this. Um, hey, we're too late. We're live. <laughs> we're Everybody live. can we're see the anyway. room now. Okay. Well, there we go. Uh, if you saw our Facebook post earlier today, you know why Will's absent. He's playing in Colorado with uh, not Colorado. Probably be better in Colorado. But he's playing in California at the Roadster Show with his Impala. You can check out some distance photos of that. Um, Derek's, uh, he's in Arizona in, um, Scottsdale. And ironically, he's not there for the auctions. He's there for work and it's not for the auctions. He's not even sure he's going to make it over to Barrett Jackson, he said, or any of those. And we probably should, well, probably, well, maybe we'll review those next week. Um, if any listeners are out there that want to comment and see if they want to really hear us review the auctions again. So it's just Sean and I tonight, and I put a generic title on this episode because uh, Sean likes racing. So Do I? Ra- racing through the world. So we can talk about car racing. We can just race through it. I mean, I, hey, this is no driving gloves, and it should be something to do with electricity because Tesla had their earnings report today, and no cyber truck this year. What? I, I was you you almost had to pick my jaw up the off the ground. You they're know, not gonna for, no, they're introducing no new models this year. So no roadster, no cyber truck deliveries in this year. Maybe next year, no promises. They're focusing all their energies on robots. We're gonna have Tesla robots by the end of the year, and they will be manning the factories. So your self-driving car will be assembled by a self-driving or a self-operating being or something like that? I don't know. Uh, I am exceedingly confused. <laughs> I hadn't yeah. seen that one, man. Like, I, well, it's the earnings report today. It just came out today. Um, I just wonder if all of a sudden, say about June or July, you can put a deposit down on your Tesla robot. But I don't, I truly don't understand. I I really, really, really don't understand. Um, There were so many things that were supposed to come out with Tesla. This, well, I mean, it's supposed to already be out, right? Twenty twenty two was always the release year for the Roadster and the um what do you call it, the Cybertruck. But as was noted right around January first, both of them disappeared from the website. So people were speculating, are they actually gonna happen? Do they want people to forget about it? Or were they removed because they were gonna announce that hey, we're gonna start deliveries and the whole you know Cybertruck page would change. I say the um, deposits on the robot because, and I'm sorry, Elon, and a lot of other people seem to be in agreement. They introduce odd things or things and take deposits, which is a huge influx of cash to the company. Remember, we did flamethrowers. That threw you know, 800 bucks a pop. I can't remember how many th- flamethrowers they did, 10,000 or something. Right. Um, they're, you know, it's, what is that? $8 million all the way into the company. You know, you do the hundred dollar deposits on the roadster. You get a thousand of those. You do, you know, it's not huge amounts of cash, but 
it adds up. And, you know, you hear about all the news, but I think people were still putting deposits down on cyber trucks all the way through December until they disappeared off the website because you could go there and put a deposit down, just like you can go to Ford's website right now and put deposits down on the Lightning. Um, you know, even though, you know, Ford keeps saying they're going to increase production, increase production, but they still have more orders than they're going to be able to produce in that first year. Oh, wow. Electric car talk again. Probably. I mean, you can't can't get away from it, John. Like there's, it's, it's part of where we're at right now with everything automotive. I mean, there's, there's no way that we can't talk about EVs on just about every show. Like I I just, if you're going to talk about current tech, obviously there's, we can go, we can go to any era we want to and talk about whatever we want to, but, it's uh, I you know kind that's, of that's that's big news, man. I mean that's huge news. It's crazy. It, well, te- uh, Tesla says they don't expect any slowdowns in production. They do expect some, um, be chip limited still. But Tesla's done a really good job of rewriting software and repurposing some chips. You know, so they're not saying we got to have it. You know, ABC three two one Z chip here and if we don't get that we can't build any cars they're making you know qrs 123z chip work where that previous chip was supposed to be so tesla's doing a really good job of that and they're saying earnings will be up 50 percent on the year um they said they're focusing on the robot they are not going to do a twenty-five thousand dollar car at this point in time that's a mistake too. I, I i okay you say that's a mistake Name three or four good gasoline cars, really, in that that price range. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, yeah, we can get into BRZs and Toyota 86s and things like that. But, you know, get into a good Camry, you're at that point. Get into a good Accord, you're at that point, you know, unless you're going absolute stripper models. And are you really going to pay twenty five or $30,000 for a stripped-down EV, which is what that would be? Or what are you going to pay twenty five or thirty grand for a you know fully equipped Accord or Camry that's gasoline powered? I think, I think if, you a- ha- if you have two hundred and fifty to three hundred mile range in the twenty five thousand dollar EV, that a lot of people would buy that over a Civic or a Corolla or mm-hmm. and there there are a lot of cars out there in that price range that mm-hmm. I think Tesla could make a big impact in that space, a huge well, impact, you- especially with. When you take a $25,000 buy-in car and then you look at the tax break on top of that. The Tesla is not eligible for tax breaks. They produce too many cars. I thought it was model-based. I didn't think it was manufacturer-based. I think it's manufacturer-based. Maybe they get around that. But I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to look at that. I thought it was like you had to sell so Like if Chevy sold so many volts, then the volt is no longer eligible, but the volt still is. And I think that's how that works. I think uh, I don't I think wrong. that's I don't think that's the way it works because you know I looked at it when I was looking at a Volt a few years ago and I thought Tesla you know gets you know whatever they do and I would look for the government to quit assisting those purchases but then let's look at the other dynamic of an electric car here if you're going to say you're buying a Model 3 35,000 dollars you're, nobody's buying a Model 3 for $35,000. I would say everyone that's rolling out is 50 k plus. You've, if you've got 50 k for it, 
you probably have the three grand to put a charger at your home. If you're buying the economy model at 25K and you're buying the stripper, where are you going to charge the thing? Because do you have 25 plus now 3,000 cash to put a charging station at home? I'll just charge it off 110. (laughs) Yeah. I remember... It actually popped up in my memories this week because it was like my first or second year at Barber's and we had a uh, Tesla Roadster, the original Roadster, and we got to drive it around and play with it for a few days, but they didn't bring us a charger for it. So we would plug it into the 110, you know, in one of the back rooms and and wait six days. (laughs) (laughs) You get about 6% battery increase overnight. I mean, right. And and then the first time you do it, it. Do a you know a zero to sixty run in the thing you you've used up your you know overnight charge, so I mean you you start putting them you start bringing the price of the EV down and people buy them because oh I got to have an EV and then you sit there and go where am I gonna where am I gonna fuel it you know oh dang it I got to drive over to the library or I got to drive to and plug it in for you know a couple of hours or even if you get to a high speed charging station. You know, then they start becoming that gas station dependent person. But gas stations don't have those chargers. And we talked about it a little bit last week. By the time um, I think we get to that point, gas stations will have some chargers, but then chargers will be available everywhere. And um, I still think at home charging is going to be the whole, you know, the whole thing. And I wouldn't be surprised that, that if that soon somebody wouldn't introduce a vehicle with an option that you includes the at-home charger. Um, granted, I'm surprised Tesla it. hasn't already done it. Uh, Tesla it's an integral part of the purchase. It really is an integral part of the purchase. Unless you live, unless you live in a major metropolitan area, like you live in the city, then maybe it's not that big a deal. But with the propagation of more and more people owning EVs, then even like, the the large scale there's thirty chargers in this parking lot. Well, that's what good's that going to do when there are one point seven million people in New York City that have EVs? A, a parking lot with thirty chargers in it is literally going to mean nothing. I, I, <laughs> nothing. You say that, and I, all of a sudden, I got a picture of the beginning of Seinfeld with all the rows of cars. You know, there was always a CRX in the picture, but all those are charging stations but they're all like the birmingham parking meters where everybody's stolen the heads off of them <laughs> right right <laughs> so, right um that's or you you'll you'll have like people will be stealing the the charging meters like they're stealing cat converters now and because they can't yeah. afford to buy a, a charging station and they it's that is an integral part of an ev purchase i don't understand why it's not bundled already and i don't like you would think that should be financeable I and think, with the purchase of the car. I think the bundling of that, the prohibiting thing is, okay, Here, here's your charger. Uh, you need to c- connect it to 220. Now you've got to pay an electrician a thousand bucks to come and connect the thing to to your house. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's... It's we, just electricity, John. I mean, what's the worst <laughs> that could happen? I, if it's, it's one, 110, it's not going to hurt you too bad. It might kill you. 220 <laughs> will kill you. you know? I can't tell you the number of times I've electrocuted myself off 110. And, you know, all it does is make my hair stand up. But it's, 
and a really interesting vibration, but that's for another podcast. Mm. Um, I got I got hit by a, a rather large. Uh, it was rather it was big. I, back when I worked in the shipyard, I actually got hit by four forty. It went in right hand and went out right shoe. Luckily, well, it, it did it, not the, complete a circuit. The vaults um, don't kill you; it's the amps that kill you. Oh, it's, <laughs> this was enough. This was an, if if it would have completed the circuit, yeah. I would have been liquefied. It was it was Ooh. crazy. I didn't know who I was <laughs> for a couple of days. I don't mean to be mean to you, but that'd just be so it explains cool. Explains a lot, somebody, right? See somebody all of a sudden liquefy. It explains a lot, <laughs> I think. Um, and no, it's it, it. We could get we could go down this rabbit hole of EV. Do you want to go down this rabbit hole, or do you want to do you well, want to steer back to? We're racing through the automotive world. Like I said, I just threw out you know the Tesla threw out their. Um, you know, earnings report and that, and it wasn't, it didn't seem to be too crazy. I mean, Musk wasn't too over the top with the whole deal. Um, but no, just, where, where, where do we want to go with this? Do we want to really, do we want to discuss various forms of racing and where we think it's at in the world and, you know, what's relevant and what's not, you know, you know, personally NASCAR sucks. Um, I quit watching formula one years ago because of the politics and guess what? <laughs> I definitely would have quit this year. Um, so, I mean, do we want to go down those roads? Do we just want to keep racing through the automotive world and throwing out these random topics? We can do a little bit of both um, because there's there's a whole lot of random racing stuff that we could just we could brush over really quickly as well. Um, before we leave Tesla completely, um, I'm just going to say hi to Mark. Uh, Mark's over in the UK. Hi, Mark. How are you? Um, Does that mean for, he's like up at three? In? It's crazy. Like, I don't know. Like I don't know why he's morning? awake. I don't know why you're awake, but you know, thanks for tuning in. Um, sticking with Tesla just for for one more second. Haven't they already taken? How many? They've already taken boatloads of Roadster and Cybertruck deposits. How does that work? I mean, you, you've okay. I, I've heard people explain this. When did they take Cybertruck money? When the Model Y was coming out. When did they take, um, or maybe Roadster money? When did they take Roadster money? When the Model 3 was coming out. It provides a cash infusion to help the current model. You know, it's it's almost the robbing Peter to pay Paul business model. Um, and there's a lot of people it's, think that that's what they're doing. You know, all, all, the, all the deposit monies spent it's not sustainable but does musk really care you know he wants to go to mars he wants to build robots you know in my opinion he's kind of done with tesla he's proven his point he's created a whole new i mean he's created the next generation of automobiles uh, you know at some point tesla is going to get acquired by somebody for technology you know it's going to be an expensive purchase i mean their revenues are what is it? Tesla's well, they're, four point oh nine billion in adjusted yeah, earnings. Their valuation is so absurd, absolutely. I mean, their valuation, Rivian's Rivian's valuation, um, Lucid's valuation, all of those. Lucid and Rivian are even crazier than Tesla. Rivian's like delivered nothing yet. They're oh, Rivian's at, delivering trucks right now. Yeah, oh. but they, they well, <laughs> they delivered a couple thousand. 
and they're valued yeah. at like 90 billion or something like that. It's insanity. It, it's crazy money, but you know, Rivian, they, they did, you know, they got a lot of Ford money. You can bet the Ford lightning that's coming out has got some Rivian tech in it. I'm sure Ford walked away with some tech when they pulled back out of that deal. But I'm going to, you know, okay, where am I going to invest? Tesla, I'm not sure how many. I just have Musk's report of they're going to deliver 1.4 million cars over the next year. I've got, you know, Lucid where eh, I think Lucid's going to be a real big player against Model S's. But in, you know, um, Tycons and, you know, all the, the, the new the new generation of, elect, you know, $100,000 electric cars, I think. Lucid's going to be a major player there. Tycon's its own thing. I don't think you can even look at Tycon in the same frame as a Model S or a, or a Lucid. It's a totally no, I, different thing. I, I don't. Not the way they kind of market the Lucid. I mean, with the the thousand horsepower, etc., um, and the price point and six hundred miles of range, it, it brings a lot to the table. Um, starting at fifty or sixty grand. Uh, we've got to see. We got to see. We've got to see what Lucid does with regard to sustained performance, and that's why I say that the Tycon is its own thing because you can take a Tycon out and launch it until it dies, and it will give you max performance every time you do it. But there's what? no. There's no battery heating and cooling issues. There's. It literally, you can take it out on a racetrack and beat it to death until there's no charge left, and it will give you maximum performance the entire time. Whereas the Tesla cannot. The Tesla starts going into a limp mode, and I mean that kind of makes sense. Yeah, Porsche lets you do that, lets you do that, lets you do that, lets you do that. I mean, go back to launch control on the 911 and launch control on the Nissan GTR. You know, Nissan eventually said you do more than ten launch control launches your warranty's void on the differential. Um, Porsche says, I've got got videos where we took the entire staff of the museum out one day and everybody got into a 911 and did a launch control. I mean, I did events with Porsche all over the country where we would literally have anything from a Carrera S all the way up to a Turbo S. And, it was nothing but thrill rides where we would literally put them on, put them in launch control, bang them off the limiter, and let them go back to back to back to back to oh, back. That, to that's back. what day I was in, saying. Day in, day out, like, and they just they don't die. They do you not. Know, they're amazing. We were doing one every two minutes or something, just as long as it took you to yeah. you know get to sixty in two seconds, bring the car back around, unload somebody, load somebody else in, and boom, yeah, Porsche will do it all day long, but. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's the Lucid thing, but Lucid's offering you that kind of performance for half the money with 600 miles of range and half the money or double the money of the Lucid. And what's going to buy you in a Taycan is, uh, what, 200 miles of range. I mean, you've got to get ser- you know, seriously into the six figures, um, you know, almost to 200 to start getting a Taycan that's going to give you even close to that. But I still think you're only 300 or 400 miles in range. But, you know, like you said, it's going to play out. Where I was going with the investment, um, Rivian, I'm going to put money into. I mean, the Amazon orders are going to come through. I mean, when the customers slow down, the Amazon trucks get built. And Amazon seems to keep increasing their orders and increasing their orders. And, 
you know, they're going to need trucks, you know, to shuttle people in space or whatever. So, yeah. All right. Um, did I hear that uh, did Tesla cancel the Hertz order? Didn't Hertz or Avis order 100,000 cars and Tesla actually canceled it, I think? Um, I know one of them. There was a um, rental car company that ordered a hundred thousand Teslas, and I believe that Tesla actually Tesla canceled it. Let me see. Tesla cancels Hertz order. Let's see if let's see if I'm wrong. Oh, Musk also said that we'll have full self-driving Teslas. Uh, I guess level four autonomy by the end of the year in his cars, which. <laughs> You can't sell me on that yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was. Yeah, saying, this, it was. It was. Uh, it was Hertz, and it was beginning of December. There was a bunch of stuff going around that Elon had. It says Elon canceled the order. I, I mean, I, I doubt Elon came in and said we're canceling the Hertz. I don't know. I. I <laughs> but why? Why would you have a hundred thousand cars sold and then go? You know what? No. Because you can't. <laughs> Okay, um, in this earnings report, they anticipate delivering 1.4 million cars next year. You're asking them to give once. No, 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 no. It wasn't 100,000 cars immediately. It was was spread. I mean. Okay. But, okay, say we go over three years, you're still taking, what, 10% of the production? No. If at 1.4 million a year over three years, that's 10 percent is 140,000. 10 percent is 140,000. Yeah, yeah of, so. of one year's production. So, yeah, okay, I so. mean, maybe it's it's one or two percent, but that's I mean, that's the normal buy for well, it was until COVID the normal buy for rental car companies. Now you have rental car companies. Oh, here's the topic rental car companies are holding on to vehicles. Way too friggin' long. Way too, <laughs> but they don't have a choice. They either they either hold the vehicles they currently have, or there's nothing to buy. So we're like, I'm in a rental. I'm in a rental right now because of the the wreck that I was in about ten days ago, and it, it's got fifty seven thousand miles on it, and it feels like it has one hundred and fourteen thousand miles on it. Um, well, that rental that I was exposed to six months ago, I would say, go out and count the lug nuts on your car and then count the lug studs, you know, right. No, that, that, that car had so many issues with it. It it, it was pathetic and it was only at 30,000. I mean, you know, you, you have a background in the rental car industry decades ago and that when's the last time you saw a rental car with more than 20,000 miles prior to COVID? I mean, it happened, but it was rare. Like the rental car companies have, they know what vehicles are bringing more money on the resale market. So they will, they will dump the vehicles that are bringing the highest value at any particular time with a set mileage range on them because they know that their ROI when they put those back out into the market is going to be higher on those. And then they'll keep some vehicles a little longer but normally it was below 40,000 miles. Like, like rarely did you see a rental car vehicle two years ago with 36 to 38,000 on it. I, and now, I don't and think now it's, 
I don't think I've ever been in a rental with more than 20,000, low 20,000 miles on it. I don't think I've ever, ever seen one begin with a three until COVID. You've been lucky. (laughs) You've, you've been lucky, but still, I mean, even at that, I mean, we're, we're talking about most rental car companies. Well, I know enterprise turned their fleet over about every two years. Uh, I think Hertz and Avis um, were in the three to four year range as far as turning their fleets over, like more like three years probably. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gotten to a point right now where I, I would, I don't think we're coming out of this chip shortage anytime soon. I don't think we're seeing uh, vehicles back on new car lots in any appreciable manner for at least another year and a half, maybe, maybe longer. Um, you know, where's, where's a rental car company going to actually fleet up there? There's nowhere for them to fleet up right now. Well, if we go back into a lockdown and prohibit traveling, they won't need them. Well, they won't, (laughs) they won't exist. (laughs) Um, they won't exist at all. I, I, I drove through the, uh, Volvo lot on the way home tonight just because I was right there and they have four cars, four cars. Like it's, it's, by, it's crazy. I went by a Hyundai dealership today and they were loaded. I mean, really? They, really? Yeah. Um, and, and I go by this dealership at least once every two weeks or something. And they usually seem to have a pretty decent new car stock. Um, now, I don't know. They could all be ordered cars. I mean, and just waiting for the owners to come pick them up. I mean, um and I think that's that might be part of it is, but yeah, I mean, you go by a you know a Ford dealer and they've got sixteen F one fifties on their lot, and that's all know, they have. That, that's a week's worth of inventory, if that, for them, you know. No, it's so, it's no that's I, a bad I, week's worth of inventory. It's yeah. you know some some of the other stuff that I do on the side, in addition to podcasting, really puts me into that chip game and paying attention and um. Everybody keeps saying, oh, we're coming out of it. No, we're, we're not coming out of it. It's, I agree with you. It's a couple of years off before we're kind of caught up. And the thing is, is, you know, they were saying, oh, we're going to have chips by the end of the year. And I think Ford was one of them. We're going to have chips by the end of the year. Well, those chips, guess where they went? They went into the cars that were ordered and now they have no chips again. So they have no cars because, you know, they, they just went to fill orders and fill orders and fill orders. But then again, Ford seems to be delivering Mach-E's all day long. They, they're they delivering the Mavericks all day long. Um, uh, Hyundai's delivering the, um, I want to say Santa Fe, but that's not it. Whatever their Santa Cruz, the new truck. Or their all, Ute or whatever yeah, that thing is. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's too big. It's it's not the, the car that they promoted. I mean, it's, it's Ranger size. I don't think it's you know it's not a compact pickup. I wanted another. I wanted a, a Baja. Like I, I wanted a new, another Subaru Baja. I thought that's what they were going to build. But. I, I want a Transit Connect with a pickup truck bed. That would be mm-hmm. to me. That's still the perfect little unibody truck. This the Maverick's okay, but I, I think if you just you know figured out the structure and you know cut that cut that box out of a you know Transit Connect and made that into a pickup, that would be. I really wish uh, that crazy dude, uh, Smith, is it Smith Performance? Smith, yeah. You know, I've always wanted them to do a mini pickup. So they'd be like the Red Bull cars. 
and I've always wanted them to do. And when I say mini pickup, I actually mean BMW mini pickup, not just a small truck or a Transit Connect conversion or even a caravan conversion or something. I just don't think there'd be enough people that it's tough for him to, it's tough for him to sell enough VWs and, um, I mean, he's got the Charger kit. He's got the the Beetle and the the Golf kit, which are they're epic. They're they're really cool. Like I, I had a bug truck back in the day. I'd love to have a modern version of of a bug truck. I think it's cool. Oh, I, I've got an, but, I've got a whole thing I'd love to do with his kit and a bug, but I don't know if it can be done. And right now, I don't don't have the money, time, or space to to do it. But I think you. You could really build a really, really cool bug truck, but and but he's doing the you know the Grand Wagoneer, whoever you know. But where I'm going is, think of the number of photos you've seen of Astros and caravans that are made into pickup trucks. I mean, there's quite a few people doing it at home themselves. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw a homemade Charger pickup, or the last time I saw a homemade Jetta pickup. Um, you know, I've seen one or two BMW three series homemade pickup trucks, but I think, you know, I think enough people are actually building caravan pickup trucks out of caravans that if he produced a kit to do that, now granted it's a unibody and maybe there's some, you know, huge issues, but everything else he's cutting up the same way. Have you seen, I think her name, I can't remember how she pronounced, this is her last name. I think it's Simone. Jetch, I think is how she's got, she, she turned a, uh, it's G I E R T Z is her last name. She's got a YouTube channel and she does real, she just builds crazy stuff. And she converted her model S to a truck. She calls it truckla. And it's really cool. It's really cool. So there, there's a market out there for crazy, for crazy conversions. It's just, I think you gotta you gotta pick something something that there's a lot of out there that people could go grab that they wouldn't feel bad about taking a plasma cut or two or or an angle grinder. You know, it's okay. Yeah, you, you don't think again? You don't think there's enough caravans out there? Um, you don't think they're cheap enough? Uh, they, all, they all they all have transmission issues, but I mean, caravans, but, caravans, yeah, caravans, sure. Um, Transit connects, maybe not, maybe not yet. Not here. I mean, over in Europe and the UK, sure, they've been out over there for decades, but we haven't had the transit over here that long. It's only been a couple of years, hasn't it, since they've been out? Um, we've had them since 2010. We've had Has two it been different. That, has it been that long? Yeah, because we had the we had the original body, and then the like the one that I had um, came out. That body style came out in uh, 14. Uh, and then they kind of did a pretty good revamp two years ago or so for t- 20, was it? So I think mine was a night. It's bad. I've owned so many cars, I can't even remember the model years anymore. I think I had a 19 Transit Connect, and then in 20, they redid the body. I loved yours. It was cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I th- the, the reason I bought it is I thought of it as a mini truck with a topper on it, not a not a BMW mini truck, as a small truck with a topper on it. So, um, and I used it as that. I mean, it was a cargo van and, you know, I loaded everything in there. Um, tools, you know, 
I'd say, you know, kids and whatever else, but that would probably get me in trouble. But, you know, since it, it was the white predator van, you drove, it, you drove that van more than you drove your SHO, which was, I mean, you told me you did anyway, which is, that speaks volumes because the SHO is a hell of a nice car. But I, when I, I had the SHO two and a half years when I got rid of it and it had 36,000 miles on it. I had the Transit Connect for 14 months, and I got rid of it with 26,000 miles on it. <laughs> That's good. I was going to say, and it had 42,000 miles on it. Yeah, it's, and, it, and the SHO, the, I drove it to just over 2,000 miles, and my girlfriend at the time then totaled her car, and then she drove it because I drove my Velocitor I had at the time. I kept I drove that and let her use the SHO. And she put like 8,000 miles on it while I was driving another car. So not even all the miles on the SHO were mine. So, yeah, I probably drove the Transit Connect twice as much as I did the SHO. Easily. Every time I saw you out, you were driving the van. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. 87% of the time I saw you out, you were driving the van. I, uh, I liked I, it. I would kind of have another one. I mean, I love my Mini. You told me about that for years and once i overcame my um <laughs> problem with mini um and you know started to rejoin the world and go hey maybe i should be reasonable and you know forgive and forget and i'm getting better at that so mini coopers are epic in every yeah. way i i every there's there i don't think there's a bad mini cooper mark just chimed in with transits are the backbone of britain from bank robbers to builders which yeah, they are. And they also run really good times around the Nürburgring. Um, yeah, it's, we could sit here, you and I could sit here and talk about vans forever. I don't know whether that will make for a, a well-listened to or watched show, but we could talk about vans forever because that's, they just make so much sense. They truly make so much sense. But you want to spin over to your mini and, and race through that for just a second? Because I'm curious well, we, I've let, talked to you a little bit since you've gotten it, but I haven't. I haven't gotten your your overall impressions on that. Let, let's close out the vans with. Um, I know a gentleman who has. I'm trying to think. He's not a. He's not a one percenter. He's probably in the point two five percenters. Um, you know, he's got more money than most of us will ever make in our multiple lifetimes, let alone one. And his vehicle of choice, he can have any, he literally can have anything he wants. And he drives a minivan because it's practical. He can put people in it. It's comfortable. And somebody's going to harass me because I guess I say comfortable weird, but um, that's my Northern accent. You don't like it too bad. (laughs) But so, I mean, so I know billionaires that drive a minivan and they could drive anything. My dad drove a minivan and then drove a Lexus for a couple of years and went back to a minivan because, yeah, the Lexus was nice, but the minivan was so much more practical. Um, so what do you want to ask me about my mini? I'm just curious how you, how, you, how you really like it. Like, what have you, have you gone in any longer drives in it or anything? Or has it just been a, a run around town? No, I uh, took it back for Christmas. I put 
Oh, did you go up to? Okay, cool. That 700 miles one way, you know, and, you know, whatever, 2,000 miles on it over the course of four or five days. And I dreaded that trip because I go, it's, you know, it's a Cooper S. It's not a JCW. It's just an S. But I'm going, it's a little bit stiffer. It's a short wheelbase. It's not going to be comfortable. The, the SHO was great to travel in. I mean, it was a boat. It was 385 horsepower and it was fast. It was fun. It was great for road trips. I mean, that is a nice car to eat up road miles in for less than, I, I paid less than 40 grand for that. Uh, brand new. Uh, the Mini did the exact same thing. It, now, Granted, I traveled up on Christmas Day, and if you ever travel, if you ever want to travel long distances, either do it during the the beginning of a pandemic, or <laughs> right, right. do it on Christmas Day. There's no semi. I mean, see, probably even better on Christmas Day because there's really no semis out. I got almost all the way out of Alabama before I saw my first semi on the interstate with me. Um, you could set the cruise control, and if you needed to pass somebody, you weren't playing all the games that you normally do. The trip up was one of the most pleasurable drives I had. It was smooth. The car ran great. I got a, I'm trying to remember, I got 44 miles a gallon, which since it uses premium, is a big deal. Um, You're getting over 40 on the highway in that thing? I, I was getting four, I got 44 on the way up. And by oh, the whole trip, I averaged 41. That included the city driving I did. Good and the, Lord, the I had no idea that the S got that get a fuel economy. Now, I, no now I, I cheated because I did put it in green mode. I would set the crew going up. I set the cruise and put it in green mode. And that does contribute a little bit to the gas mileage. Like when I'm going to Tuscaloosa, I always put it in green mode because 20 between Birmingham and Tuscaloosa, you can put it in in green mode and set the cruise, you know, I usually, if I'm going to do that, I usually set the cruise around 75 and granted everybody on the roads passing me and st- such, but my house is the same distance from Tuscaloosa as it is to Trustville. And I can't do that on 459. You can't set the cruise on 459 right. between here and Trustville just because of the traffic and the way it's it, the differences, but no long, long trip. It was great. Moving. Everybody knows I moved a few months ago. Um, I used a, you know, I rented a 18 foot or 20 foot U-Haul and had it three quarters full. That was my couch. That was uh, my kitchen table. That was, you know, my, you know, 65 inch TV. That was, you know, the big stuff, my big bookcase, things like that. Um, That's what went in that truck. Everything else in this apartment came in the mini. And it's amazing the amount of cargo. And it's a standard two-door hardtop. The amount of cargo I can put in that thing and haul, you know, blows my mind also. Um, And then you put the thing in sport mode, it's a completely different animal. You put it in sport mode, you put it in manual, and, you know, it's a seven-speed dual clutch. Um, So it's... It's it's one of the most fun cars I've had. And I've been tempted to ask on the CRX forums how many people are, or, you know, that are on the CRX pages have a Mini. It reminds me so much of my CRX SI. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, uh, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know how much I love my CRX SIs. I think it's a modern-day CRX SI 
in the Cooper S form with the um, power it has, with the economy it has, with the space it has. The only difference is it's not as dependable. And I don't know how many of these things are going to be running around in 40 years. Um, you know, it's, it is a BMW. It is one of the most terrifying cars, I think, on the road to do repairs to if it's not under warranty. I will not own my car when it's not under warranty. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense. We're, we're, I'm the same way with the Alpha. I don't really ever want to get rid of the Alpha. I love that car, and so does the Tasha. But owning any modern era car, though, that's, that's out of warranty is just... You're just you're just gambling, man. There, there's a reason I can go out and buy a um, S600 Mercedes, you know, for fifteen grand. That's I want one. 10 years so old. <laughs> you know, you know why I want the S600 Mercedes. Well, I want the V12 so yeah. bad, and I only I, want it for one reason. When I first moved down here, there was a, a S600 on. It's now a tire place on 280, but they used to sell exotics or toy cars. And they had an S600 Lorenzo body kit, Lorenzo wheels. I mean, just, you know, pimped out to the max, but a nice car. But the thing was twenty eight grand, And you know damn well the day that car was sold and built, it was 150, 170K. That, granted, that was 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. You know, and we both have a mutual friend that bought a um, uh, Rensport um, SL. And he bought it for, I mean, this 20,000-mile car, and he paid maybe a buck a mile. I think he paid 23000 for it. And it was an SL600 with the uh, Rensport body kit and the ECU tuning and everything done to it. It's a 750-horsepower yeah. car. I yeah. Think. And he, bu- he bought crazy. it for pennies on the dollar because they're old cars, and they are as expensive as crazy to, you know, to fix. Um, was it the W120? Oh, I, I want to say 124 chassis, but I'm probably wrong. Whatever the uh, boxy SL, the one that came after the the 89 to whatever SL 560s and that. Those cars, you know, it's $6,000 for the hydraulic top cylinders if the yeah. top doesn't want to go up and down. But those cars are now getting old enough that you can almost justify doing it because they're going to be the next depreciating Mercedes. I mean, right now the 74 to 88 SL three, uh, three, SLs and the, um, 560 SLs are kind of, you know, the, the next cars now that one nineties and the two eighties have went crazy. So, um, I wish the one nineties would truly go crazy because I, I have one that's crazy. Well, I, I, I'm talking the SL one nineties from the sixties. Um, I'm not yeah, talking. Yeah, the, you're not talking mine. I wish no, my one ninety would go crazy. The well, it's got to be the right one. You know, right now the um, uh, what are they? The one ninety e two point three sixteen valves. The Evos, those are in great, you know, good shape in that. They're they're hitting the right numbers. And some crazy numbers for well cared for low mileage examples. And part of me thinks it's a better car than the E30 M3s. Um, and that's the what 88 to 90 BMW M3. I hate people who use chassis numbers. Tell me a model year and what the dumb little sticker on the back of the car says. It's the 25 in the Evo, in the Evo yeah. car, the 2516 valve um, would definitely. I think it was definitely a better car than the E30 M3. 
Um, the two three sixteen valve is yeah, it's it's okay. Um, but the chassis, the one ninety chassis, is it's incredible. It, it really for for a car like mine was built in nineteen eighty four, and it's still like it handles incredibly well on some decent tires. Now, granted, we have we have recently gone through all the suspension, all the bushings, uh, all the tie rods, everything that, that had wear and, and was sloppy has been rectified. And, and it, it, it's just, but it's, it's such a good chassis. Like I, unfortunately ours has a two, three, eight valve in it and a four speed manual that was, it was geared for the Autobahn cause it was a German car originally. And it was brought over here from Germany back in 85. So the thing, not only is it, making no power it's it's geared for the autobahn so you i mean you, you, like as soon as you shift into third gear it's like oh this this ride is completely over and it wasn't really good in first and second but the chassis itself is incredible absolutely um, incredible. You, you, you said the magic word there and let's hit on that because it's kind of literally racing through the world what about the bugatti run on uh the autobahn that just came to light on youtube Enlighten me. I, I I don't know that I've seen it. Was this, was it a Sharon or Sharon? Or it, it was a Sharon. Uh, two guys took it out. The belief it was probably a, early on a Sunday morning. There's a section of the Autobahn somewhere where it's like six miles straight, no speed limit. And they hit 302 miles an hour or something like that in it. Excess of 400 kilometers an hour. And kind of cool to watch. And you really, I don't, to me, there wasn't enough traffic to get a sense of 300 miles an hour, but there was enough traffic to get a sense of 300 miles an hour. But now all of a sudden, of course, the speed limit police are all jumping out saying, see, we really need to put speed limits on these roads because people will be crazy and go out and do something like that. And so one person in the, 80 years that that's been a thing has has done that so it's now we have to well we now we crack ha- down now that we have car well they've been talking about speed limits for a while this just gives more ammo because okay you know the sharon's what 1900 horsepower 1800 horsepower the next bugatti is going to be faster the, uh, we just said the lucids you know a thousand twelve hundred horsepower we're, we're coming out cars that are capable of those speeds now we've never had that in the past and now we're you know we're putting them into the hands of anybody who's got four or five million dollars for a car um so i think there's some validity in saying you know it's it's going to become a more regular occurrence i don't think somebody's going to be doing it you know every week but people are going to you know go there and i mean if you got five million bucks for a bugatti or four million bucks for a bugatti what's to prevent you from, oh, let's go ahead and spend thirty grand and ship it over to Germany so I can do a run on the Autobahn because you need that four to six miles of pavement to hit those kinds of speeds and then to slow down from those kinds of speeds. And then, of course, you have to ship it off, get new tires and everything for it. I'd yeah. love to comment on the fact that we are sitting here talking about four-plus million-dollar cars casually we're, we're not going that car is four million dollars like it 
We've entered into a realm over the last handful of years where a $2.3 million car is like, oh, okay, a $4 million car. Okay, it's a $4 million car. It, there, no provenance, brand new car, zero miles, didn't win Le Mans six times, didn't win the Mille Miglia, didn't literally has nothing going for it other than that's an amazing engineering exercise. Um, and, uh, and, and 150, and 150 people have the same exact car. I, <laughs> what's the, um, I can't, I can't believe we're, I can't believe we're here, man. Like I remember when $250,000 was like, holy shit, that's, that's a crazy expensive car. And now we're five plus million dollars and not even batting, batting an eye. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I've, don't don't get me wrong. It's still an impressive sum of money for a car, and um, wealth is proportionate to income, and it's also proportionate to the people you hang out with. Um, you know, you become as you hang out with wealthy people, then they say, you know, that helps motivate you to become wealthy. Blah blah blah. You know, you become you know, you, you kind of grow to the level or shrink to the level of the people you hang around. And you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a couple of friends that have. $2 million cars and have $4 million cars. And, you know, and some of them own multiple, you know, seven figure cars. Unbelievable. Um, and, but yeah, you're, you're right. Is, I mean, for uh, the 2019, 2024 GTs all day long are a million bucks. Um, Kona Sig, you know, $250,000 for a set of wheels. Right. Um, you know, and it's, oh, you, you want an all, you, you don't want us to paint it. You want it bare carbon fiber, which seems like a step backwards, but you know, there's a lot of laying up of the carbon fiber and such, but, uh, to make sure all the, the weave matches, but to be honest, the weave has to be that way. I don't, I think a painted car and an unpainted car, whether it be a Ford GT or a Bugatti bare carbon or painted, the carbon's going to lay up and match because, it's scientifically designed for those fibers to go those ways to put that stress on it. And if you have a slight wave in your carbon fiber or the thread of carbon through the, the carbon fiber weave, you reduce the strength of that, that single thread by 50%. So don't, don't tell me that you lay up the car a little bit more carefully make sure the doors match and things like that. Um, and then charge me an extra hundred grand or two hundred grand or an extra, million, an extra million five. I think Kona six case it was four hundred thousand to get an all carbon car. Yeah. Four only four hundred thousand. Do you realize I can buy any um uh what do I want to say? I want to say guy any hurricane on the for four hundred grand this? I can buy pretty much anything I want. I, I, it's not going to get you into an Aventador. It's not going to get you into an. I don't fit in them anyway. I don't want one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've driven in a couple of. I've driven. Well, I've driven an Aventador once. I didn't get to flog it, but I've had a bunch of different Lambos on racetracks. I don't fit in Lamborghinis, so I don't need to worry about them. That's why I like my size, and for some crazy reason I don't know why, but. I actually bought a gym membership this week, so we'll start maybe getting a little less round. And good job, pass me some of that motivation when I get this back. I was motivated to buy the of. membership. I haven't yet you been haven't motivated gone. to use the membership. Nice. <laughs> so, 
But I plan, on swing, I, I plan on swinging by tomorrow morning to walk around the place to see. Are you going to drive? You're going to just drive by. Just well, I, I've got drive to be by slowly and just try to soak it in. Well, I, I I need to go walk through it to see what you know. I I didn't even tour the place before I joined. I stopped and visited and chatted, but I need to tour the place and kind of casually watch the people working out so I know what I need to buy to wear because they're going to look at me really funny if I go in there in blue jeans and a t-shirt to <laughs> to exercise. You know, Just wear get on the bench. Steel-toe, and, you know, steel-toe boots, cargo shorts, you're fine. Um, I got swim trunks I don't use for any other reason. Maybe I can work out of those. I mean, perfect. they got them with built-in underwear and everything. So, How did we get here? <laughs> How did I we... I don't want to be here right now at all. Um, it's not a no, it's, it's The whole, like, let's get back to I'm, I'm going to, I'm literally, I'm See the one pulling us back from a tangent. Beer? Oh, my God. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> um, I, I, the million-dollar car, like, when we, when we truly reached the million dollar mark was that not the the ferrari the ferrari the p1 and the 919 that did that weren't weren't all those like right out a million dollars when they were launched the the 918 base was like 920 the p1 was a million maybe a million one but those three Uh, cars sort of set the precedent for you can build a car in i mean Granted, the LaFerrari, those three cars were never built in high volume. But compared to other vehicles that had previously been sold for over a million or approaching a million dollars brand new, the production value, the, the production numbers are fairly high. Uh, in the hundreds, not in the in the tens. You know, it, it, so those cars sort of opened the floodgate for Bugatti to go. All right, cool. Four point five million, five point seven million. We we're we're gonna build this one off. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And it's it it just literally has gotten crazy. Well, Absolutely is, crazy. Is, well, I think you're you know you had the nine eighteen and you had the P one and don't forget the nine eighteen's damn near ten years old now. Um, so we we've had some uh, inflation and some things like that, and it's become a little bit norm. I think the car that probably push that was the um pagani um hira hira Huira. Yeah. Huira. uh two you know 2.2 2 was its base and that's the first one that i really remember that people started to go oh two million and then after that it was you know the the um Veyrons were all two million but you know they had a run and they had a run of 200 of those took them a couple of years to sell them but on the flip side, the the Chiron, there's a long tail super sport, something else. And I mean, it's supposed to be the fastest Chiron out there. They're all bare carbon fiber with a orange racing stripe, and they're building 30 of them. They're five million bucks a pop. So I'm paying five million dollars so I can look like 29 other people. Um well, hopefully there's, you know, there's they're There's, only going to sell one to you in that in whatever town you live in. Because the reason still- I know the reason I know about it is uh, a single dealership in England is selling is sold five of them. What? So, 
you know, and it's really funny to to read it because they, you know, they list Rolls Royce and Pagani and Aston Martin and all these things. And at the end, one of the in, in the press the press release about the Bugatti, they end with Radford. They're one a Radford dealer. But when they put the little, you know, all the information about the company paragraph, they never updated that because they leave Radford off of it. And you know, I don't. I don't understand this Radford company, but you know, they're building a million dollar um where it really comes down to it, Lotus Evora. So it's craziness. Completely crazy. I, I the world is nuts right now. And then we didn't even touch on what we're seeing as far as just pre owned car prices on, on dealer lots right now. And, and that's that's for a completely different show as far as well, just inflation that, in general, and and I know we're about to run out of time, so I don't even want to open that topic up. But oh my god, well, I'm going to say god. something, and it, somebody pointed this out. This is from a podcast about podcasting. How the hell do you run out of time on a podcast? Yeah, most of well, our we like to keep it around an hour because most of our listeners are used to that. That but is no, exactly if, why I was saying that. If if you yeah, want to talk but, about it, I'll talk about it. I, no, have no, I, I don't want to talk about it, and I've avoided that topic a lot because I can turn on anything and actually watch the news and hear a fairly intelligent conversation on used car prices. And we've been through, you know, we've touched on it, but I kind of like talking about the multi-million dollar cars because people don't talk about the way what you said is we're sitting down and casually talking about a $4 million car. Like there's nothing. And I don't have $4 million for a car. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, I might look, I might look like it in everything in this fancy studio in here, you know, yeah, in my, um, with your one bedroom apartment right in the slums you. of Birmingham. But you know. I need to come check out your new apartment. I had no idea that you had a Formula E car in your den. I had no clue that. Oh, yeah, I got that from you know, my previous job. I mean, he had a Ferrari hanging on the wall. I can, it's nice. you know, <laughs> it's it's nice. It's not. I, I, had, I had no idea. Like once I get my back fixed from from. That wreck, I'll have to see if I can shoehorn myself like, in You that. can come over. I bought the train from Silver Spoon, so you can just, you know, park out front, and the train will pick you up and run you in. If that were the <laughs> case, I would I would literally shut this down and head your way right now. If, that, if, if I thought there was even an inkling of truth in that, I would be on the way. Well, as close as I can come is I know where the old train from the, the <laughs> zoo is. And, and I and think while- it is for sale. <laughs> While I'm on the train heading towards your front door, I'll be singing "Fat Guy on a Little Train." It'd be amazing. I don't know what that is, and I don't think I want to go down. It's from road. Tommy Boy. You you have to know that. Scene oh, um, I, I'm watched Tommy Boy once. I'm not Fat a big, guy. I'm not a big, little coat. There, here, surprising. I'm not a big Led Zeppelin fan. I'm not a big Pink Floyd fan. I'm not a big Chris Farley fan. So. <gasps> If it's popular to the world, I probably dislike it because I'm an asshole. I don't like everything Chris Farley did, but Tommy Boy was funny. And living in a van down by the river was wonderful. And we can talk about living in a van down by the river because it's vehicular. And that's wonderful. Hey, I was talking earlier that, you know, if certain things that I'm doing in the next couple of weeks don't pan out, I might be living in my mini. So Down by the river? Really, well. Uh, person I was having the conversation with, I just said I didn't just need a place to park the car. So, but from what I understand, Birmingham doesn't give parking tickets out anymore. Don't no? take that as gospel, but I haven't had opportunity to test it. But 
We have room. Come on out. Uh, don't don't be surprised. I might I might sh- show up one day with a mini in one of those portable buildings. <laughs> do what you got to do. We got a little land. I, I get one of those forty foot buildings with a garage door on the end. You can put the Mercedes on one side. I can put my mini on the other side. And Hell, I might let you do that. <laughs> sleep in the loft. Very much <laughs> might let you do that. Um, no, it's it. The world we live in is is interesting, man. It's it's really interesting, and and what we're watching unfold with inflation and and you know the normalization. Uh, we're living in a world where the, where four million dollar plus cars have been normalized, but inflation is making us look at thirty thousand dollar cars like, oh crap! I don't know whether I really want to buy that if you're like a normal human being, and then. You know, it's what's what's going to happen if Russia goes into the Ukraine and there's just there's so much crap. And I just don't know where I don't know where we go, man. I don't I don't know where we're going to be like this time next year. We still going to be sitting here talking about eight million dollar cars being normalized or or is. Well, if you think back a couple of years, a little gentleman named Will Smith, some people have heard of him. He, He used to have a singing career. And he did a song, um, I can't remember, I think it was Miami. And he sings about, you know, $100,000 cars, everybody's got them when you're talking about South Beach. And a $100,000 car in South Beach, I mean, you you got a, you know, Lexus. I mean. uh, Next year, that might be a Civic. (laughs) I mean, if he's going to sing that now, it's those $100,000 cars that he's singing about are now our our million-dollar everyday cars. And, you know, you're right. We live in a world that people are buying $4 million cars all day long. And I'm going to the grocery store going, do I really want to pay eight bucks a pound for hamburger? And right. it's only, you know, 85, 15, you know, um, crazy, it's, man. you know, the world's nuts right now. And I don't want to get into the politics of that. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm glad we're in a world that people can afford $4 million cars. And I'm glad we're in a world that the manufacturers realize that and they're pushing technology and they're pushing the edge to build us $4 million cars and $5 million cars. And, and I, believe will, Bugatti, it, I believe Bugatti's even got one that they put out at 9.8 or something. It was a one or two off run. Some but, of that technology will definitely trickle down into the stuff, eventually trickle down into the stuff that a human being living in the real world, basically, we'll, well, we'll be able to afford eventually. So, well, I mean, it always does. And if you want it, if you want the probably one of the most accurate real world examples is take the Porsche 959 out of this world spaceship in '88 when it came out, all wheel drive, twin turbocharged, ABS, you know, oh, ABS, anti lock brakes, and that. And today, you can go into the Porsche dealership. And for just over a hundred grand, buy a Carrera Four that will run circles around that 959, and also have maintenance bills that are 10 percent of what that 959 is. You can buy a 718. But, you can you can buy a 718 for 68 to 75 thousand dollars. I can't That'll buy work. an all-wheel drive 718. Uh, that's true. That I is can, true. I can buy a you know, Carrera Four. I guess, <laughs> if I if I want my four-wheel drive Porsche, damn it, I got to get my Carrera Four. And then sure. on the flip side. From what I understand, there is going to be a factory-built, regular production Porsche, whatever you want to call it, 99-whatever, 2.8, I don't even know what number we're on, but Porsche 911 Safari. 
a lifted four-wheel drive 911. And the reason behind it, Lamborghini's doing one also. You'll be able to buy a lifted four-wheel drive Safari Huracan. I don't know about the Huracan, but the Porsche has... I want mine with Rothman's livery on it. I, I And the Porsche, there's a reason for Porsche to do it. Porsche's been there before. Lamborghini, that's a little weird, but okay. They'll they'll sell a handful of them. That, that, both of them are regular, gonna, supposed to be regular production. I mean, you can go in and just check on your option sheet. I mean, it's not even, I got to get, it's not like a GT3 where they're only going to build, you know, three less than the world wants. They're actually going to build as many as the world wants. I actually so. talked to a couple shops when I had the Scat Pack about doing a Safari uh, Safari conversion on the on the Challenger. Oh, that that, and, uh, that uh, all of a sudden I'm thinking Mad Max. No, it's <laughs> I, I was going to do it more in the in the vein of the uh, GT500s, the Mustangs that you saw back in the in the 60s and 70s that they would put the 31 inch tires and and a roll bar and some some lights on them and they had the, the roll bar with the spare tire mounted on it and weld the doors up and, and they're actually pretty cool looking, man. It's yeah. I'm but, still thinking Mad Max. You have, you haven't changed my picture at all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I think it's, it's just, it's just different enough. Like there's part of me with the, with the van that I was, I was seriously before my, my, my good friends at van culture were good enough to, to, bequeath me with the wheels and the and the exhaust and the other parts that were we got going on the the van to turn it into the track monster um i was seriously thinking about some 29 or 31 off roads and picking it up about three or four inches and and just no, no what you've done to your van is good and i didn't realize you'd use you know went through the van culture guys Picked up some of that stuff, but your your van looked pretty good the other day. If you looked at it from the front three quarter, yeah, it's it's <laughs> that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate what happened, but I mean, it's it, you, uh, you know it's, what you ought to do. Why it's in the shop since they've got to do so much work. I, I can send you the link to the Truxarosa page, and you can get one of those Truxarosa body kits for it and put the you know wide body on it and no. the the straight is you know, cut this absolutely uh, not. Cut no. the cheese graters out of it so it's more of a coating. No, kill, the, kill the feed. Kill the feed. <laughs> no, we're not going there. I, what I do want to do with it, though, it's just for folks who don't know, it's a 2019 Pacifica. Um, it's got some amazing Verde wheels on it now. They're 20 by 10s. It doesn't um, mean they're green. That's the brand. No, it's the brand. Um, <laughs> it's It's got straight through exhaust. It sounds like a pack of race cars. Um, but it's also like when you're going down the highway at 80 mile an hour, you can have an adult conversation. It doesn't get rowdy until you're over 4,000 RPM with your foot to the floor. And when you are, it just, it screams. Um, got a custom color intake on it. Um, I've actually got a, a couple body pieces that the VK guys have uh, been nice enough to, to shoot my way. And, and they're just, they're helping me play with it. And I, and I love Paul and the van culture crew to death for letting me do it. And I love you for letting me say that um, on this show, because it, it's just cool, man. It's playing with that van like that is not the norm. And I really, I love doing stuff that's completely out of the box when, when it comes to taking something to a racetrack. That's why I got into Volkswagens back in the day. Like, 
I loved playing around with Volkswagens, little air-cooled uh, flat fours and going out to autocrosses and just putting a hurting on stuff that shouldn't ever be able to be beaten by something like that. It's it's fun. It's a lot. It's, taking that van out on a racetrack puts a giant smile on my face, man. It's just, it's neat. And then you can put four or five people in it with you and take everybody for a ride. And it's just, it's cool, man. It's really cool. I'm going to leave it at that. I can <laughs> go, I can go way down that van route. You know, some of the stuff that you've been exposed to in the past and, I wonder where those vehicles are now, but oh my god! Uh, um, I guess you know, like I said, we're racing through the world here, and we we covered a lot. What, what did we cover tonight? Tesla vans. I'm trying to. I even think. said the words Russia and Ukraine, so we're we're global. We did race through the world. We went we went coast Tesla to coast. vans, minis. We got someone tuned into the whole show from the UK. Mark's been listening to the whole show, so we we have literally raced around the world. Good job. Yeah. Well, we'll be back same time next, same time, same place next week. Uh, maybe we'll actually be on time for nine o'clock. I have no idea what hosts will be here other than me. Check us out on nodrivinggloves.com. There's links to everything, old shows. Um, I've figured out the feed issue. And if you are a subscriber to the audio podcast, they are not edited episodes, but everything from December's hidden. Now, hit in your podcast player right now. Everything from January will be hitting over the next week also. You'll probably actually get a download a day until we're all caught up on the audio side. And then the audio podcast will be, we will return to the editing that um, the, the audio listeners deserve. The video listeners, too bad. You get to see my gorgeous mug every week and that's enough. So... Uh, like I said, nodrivinggloves.com. Go there and buy us a coffee if you want to, or you just go to nodrivinggloves.com backslash coffee. Um, you know, send us a couple of bucks if you did enjoy the show. And we're here. Send us an email, nodrivinggloves at gmail.com, whatever. And uh, let us know show topics. Let us know what you think. Um, and I'm out of here. Me too. Get some sleep, Martin.